Have you ever felt like you're overreacting? I'm Leah. And I'm Siobhan. We're two friends navigating our health in our 30s and the changes that have definitely had us feeling like we're overreacting at times. Together, we want to create a safe space where you can listen, connect and explore various women's health topics that can sometimes be misinformed, undereducated or even considered taboo. Now, we're not healthcare professionals, but we'll be sharing our own experiences, the experiences of others and speaking to the experts to help you navigate and validate any health concerns you may have, but most importantly, to remind you that you're not alone. Join us for the ride every month as we work on the courage to say, don't Don't tell me I'm overreacting. Welcome back, everyone. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Don't Tell Me I'm Overreacting. So excited to be talking with you again. If you caught the last episode, we were talking to Siobhan all about her situation with her health recently, which has inspired this podcast, um, talking all about premature perimenopause. Um, If you missed it, then go and check it out because it's super interesting. Um, There's lots of uh, good pointers in there as well if it's something that you're going through. And yeah, we wanted to make sure this episode and last episode we're being really honest and open with our situations and what's been going on. Yeah, absolutely. So last week you heard uh, all about me and my experiences, so we're hoping This week, we can shed some light on uh, endometriosis and ovarian cysts in terms of like symptoms and what to look out for. And also, we'll be chatting to Leah this week and her experiences with both of those things, so the endometriosis and the ovarian cysts. Yikes. So, are you ready for this, Leah? I am. What does endometriosis mean to you? I know it's been a long long road for you with this um but where do you think what do you, what does it mean to you now do you think oh do you know what like the honest answer it means an absolute fucking nightmare <laughs> um, spending time on the floor writhing around waiting no answers um but when it comes to the actual um what's the word health term for endometriosis diagnosis diagnosis i can't i can't prognosis i don't know (laughs) no like what it actually is in a medical sense the medical you know i whatever it is diagnosis let's go with that thank you you. it's been a long day (laughs) long day of speaking um it's basically uh tissue which is like the lining of your womb which grows outside of your womb um now it sounds like when i first read about it i was like oh right okay it sounds like there's just extra stuff that's growing and everything but the pain that you kind of have with it it's not like this fluffy stuff that's growing inside of you you see these pictures of and when one of my surgeons explained to me you know what it was like he, he described it like super glue um and the cells basically stick anything it can do to one another so that's horrifying yeah it's, it's yeah and once he explained that to me it really made sense the pain that i was experiencing as well yeah. um there's different stages of it i think it's like one to four but that doesn't mean the stages don't um determine the pain that you experience right. which is really bizarre um it's a really bizarre and really 
Oh, so, no. you, so you could have like a, a high stage of it, but it won't won't necessarily mean that it's going to be super painful. Do you Potentially, mean? Potentially, yeah, yeah. Right, okay. And obviously, like vice versa. But then again, it's it's so um, it's so individualistic because everyone's pain threshold is completely different. Right. And everyone's like experiences with things are so much different. So it can really really vary and like why um, and why does it why does it happen like what did you did your surgeons are you like why and how like how can that happen so the great thing about endometriosis lol joke no no <laughs> one really knows how this is how this develops um right. there's lots of different theories uh there's lots of really you know um understandable and relatable theories uh things to do with um your genetics, uh, your, like your, your family history with things like this, uh, things to do with your diet and whatnot. There's a lot of other things to say about um, it's supposed to be your period in retrograde, but there's been a lot of, right. a lot of, um, what's the word, uh, tests to show that that's not actually the case. Um, there's so many different theories out there. And even like my surgeon eventually, you know, he said to me, this is my last surgeon. Oh. Um, he says to me that you, he 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 thinks it's more to do with genetics and you right. know like family history in it. But then even then, he can't fully confirm, and that's the most frustrating thing with it. Um, especially when you're trying to find out the answers for it for yourself, because when you start looking into it, you basically read all this stuff saying that you can't eat basically anything. Uh, you can only really drink water. Uh, all these things are going to massively impact you. Um, but yeah, I think for me, the biggest sign for the biggest um, impact for me, I think personally, has been stress, um, which is, you know, a nightmare. But then I, I think there's a lot of different things as well, personally, for me that have affected mm. that and my experience with it. But yeah, it's. Um, so if, it, you, if you had to, like, if, you know, you had to coin endometriosis in like in a sen in a sentence what would you what would you tell somebody that it is like if you had to like dumb it down if as it were like if someone said like leah what is it what is endometriosis um i'd say it's just bad luck to be honest bad luck. <laughs> but i think i mean in a more yeah, medical term it is you know you, your cells growing where they shouldn't be right okay um and it's can cause a lot of pain and discomfort um there's no clear understanding of why it happens there's no 100 percent cure although it, it affects one in ten women which is actually quite mind-blowing and it's only really that is mind-blowing and, and do you know what's mind-blowing about that is that obviously I, I i sort of know about it obviously through knowing you and what you've been through but mm. I, i've just find it mad that like other than that, I wouldn't have known, and I, I still am quite ignorant to it. Um, in in a lot of ways, there's a lot about it that I don't know, and I think, but well, it could also potentially happen to me. Mm -hmm. Like I could be one of the mm -hmm. in one of those in one in ten women, and it's like, why do I not know? Yeah. So when and how did you start noticing that something wasn't right? Like, what made you think, all oh, right, okay, I need to, I need to get something checked out here. So. There's, it's been like, it's been a proper journey. Um, so in 2019, I ended up going to hospital for two nights. Um, I was experiencing like loads of abdominal pain. Um, 
and my doctors were really helpful. They thought it might have been appendicitis. They did all the tests on me. I think to... I remember that actually. Yeah, I think I remember coming to see you. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, and I was yeah, and I was taking the mic out of the phone that you had at the time because it was like was it was nice. so dated. Yeah, it was like it was so small. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure you were on, like, an iPhone 5 and everyone else was on, like, an iPhone 10 or something yeah. like that. I remember, yeah. don't know why I remember that fact about it, but no, I, I think I remember that. But no, well, to be honest, the thing I remember about it was the fact that I was opposite a woman with dementia, bless oh, her, and in the middle of the night she went to the toilet um, and she was told that she couldn't, oh, she shouldn't go to the toilet, but like, she forgot, which you know, she can't help. Um, and she fell over oh, and no. she ended up weeing all over the floor so I've ended up getting out of bed because the other two women in the room couldn't couldn't move, they couldn't get up. And we started to go running through the running through the hospital. And you know how those gowns like, you've got like your your bum hanging out the back of it. It looked like something out of one flew out of the cuckoo's nest. I'm running around in like one a.m. like nurse, nurse. And I ran barefoot through a blooming wee. Oh no. <laughs> but bless her, I mean, and I couldn't I couldn't touch her because I didn't want to like hurt her, but yeah, that's why I remember from that experience. But anyway, but, <laughs> complete tangent there. We're back, back to the uh, back, back to the, the uh, story. So yeah, the um, they kept me in, and uh, I was having these pains and everything. And I didn't, I couldn't really make end or tail of it. Um, and it was actually my manager at the time who you know pushed me to go into that, like, go to the doctors and 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 have time off. You know, I can't thank Fiona enough really because she was she's always been really supportive of people. Um, when it comes to the health. And then they did an ultrasound on me and everything and they said, oh, yeah, it looks like... It, we can't really see anything. It doesn't look like it's appendicitis because you've not worsened. And that's why they kept me in for two nights in case it did worsen. Um, and then I was discharged and they said it must have just been a ruptured cyst. Now, it's quite typical. Um, women, we... Our, our bodies are all different and everything, of course. But you can get sometimes you'll have these cysts that um, develop, whether it's on your fallopian tubes or wherever, and usually they can just pop. Like it's quite yeah. a common thing. It's nothing. Obviously, they, sometimes those things can grow and get bigger, which we'll come on to later in the podcast. Um, but yeah, that was that kind of my first thing with it. Now I was kind of thought, oh, it must be grumbling appendicitis, maybe, and. But interestingly, and kind of, I hadn't really thought about it, the year before I'd actually come off the pill. Um, oh. Not for any reason other than me and my boyfriend were talking about, you know, ingesting hormones. And he was just like, mm. well, you know, it's not it's not actually that good for you, the fact that you're just taking this thing. That's no so questions generic. asked. No yeah. questions asked. Um, you don't really know what, what your hormone profile is like, so what's going on? And it's not because we weren't, like, we've not been trying. And like you were saying last podcast, you know, we've not been you know we've not been bothered about having kids or anything like that so you know I do feel quite lucky to you know be one of those people and experiencing all this stuff but anyway I had a thought to myself like back then thinking I wonder if I wonder if I have got something wrong with me because like you were saying the amount of times where you are near misses yeah the amount of near misses and you just think this is there's some there's something not right here either they were lying at school about how easy it is to get pregnant or there's something i mean i think they were still lying about that because i know perfectly (laughs) healthy people that uh try and get pregnant and it's like a military operation well that's it right that's it but fast forward to 2020 um i was basically having hit period pains that was so bad i was i was throwing up 
to the point that I literally couldn't have anything in my body. Like, it wasn't just, like, a little bit. Everything had to come up. Um, oh, God. I was having really bad bloating where I couldn't move. Like, I was in... If I would have been pregnant, I would have thought that I would have mm. been in labour. It was unbelievable. Turns out that was a stomach ulcer, which is, like, a different, a different obviously, thing. But I kind of thought, oh, well, maybe that was what I had yeah. you know, before. I don't know. Anyway, this... The year after, the vomiting, the pain got worse and worse and worse. Um, I was having these twinges every now and again in my in my abdomen, my abdomen, abdomen, <laughs> abdomen. And I thought, oh, maybe it's this grumbling appendicitis, this thing that I went spent those two nights in hospital for. Anyway, uh, last January twenty twenty two, I was just lying in bed, and you know when you just like. You've just woken up, you're having a nice stretch, and you just like you just you just put your hands on your body. I just mm-hmm. noticed on my right hand side that there was just this lump down in my groin. And you know when you lump was like a hard lump or Yeah, it was like an egg. Right. right? And it I've I'd not been I'd not like I'd not been for a week, like in the morning I get you know, so my body was still full and everything. Yeah. Um and I could feel, I could feel something. And was and, it, was it like sore to touch? Or no, no, I wasn't sore anything. And I just thought to myself, like, oh, for fuck's sake, like, the, you know, when you just think to yourself, this is a can of worms, like, what am I, what is this going to lead to, type thing? Yeah, and it almost makes you not want to find out. In some yeah, respect, it? it's so weird. It's so weird because you know that when you start digging around, you're going to have to start asking yeah. some really tricky questions, but. I kind of gave it a week because I thought well, maybe it's just um, maybe it's just something like I remember messaging you like about hernias like oh yeah could it be a hernia or something like that yeah and, yeah and I thought I'll oh, just give it a week and see what happens. Andrew, my partner, was working away at the time. When he came back, I was like, oh, touch this, <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> he was like, absolutely not. What is it? <laughs> is that a banana in your pocket? You're just pleased to see me. <laughs> oh, no, it's a cyst. Well, joke. It's an egg. Um, but yeah, and he was like, mm, yeah, I think, right, yeah, we need to get that checked out. So went to the doctors, and I've got to say, you know, the thing is with when with the whole diagnosis of everything. I was yeah, I was just going to ask you what. How did you find the process? What was the process like for you trying to get answers? Getting diagnosed, um, well, obviously, I've had like a bit of a to and fro in, unbeknownst to me, like type thing. Mm. But I didn't know those things were all interlinked. But once I noticed that lump, I can't fault what the NHS did for me. They were amazing. Mm -hmm. They made sure like I was having the right scans. I went for an ultrasound. Um, which confirmed that I had two, I had a nine centimetre cyst on my right hand of my right ovary and a three centimetre cyst on my left ovary. Um, And I can't remember at the time if they seen endometriosis in in the, uh, in the scan, because as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh God's sake, you start thinking the worst and everything. Yeah, of Um, course you do. And I I feel like, I mean, I know we've had a conversation about this before, but you kind of go in like it's all weird trance when yeah. doctors start talking to you and they're throwing around terminology that you don't necessarily understand. And yeah. obviously it's their job to deliver it in... Well, they're emotionally detached it because they've got to because of the job, right? And they're sort of telling it in this matter-of-fact way that it's just like, oh, it's this. And you're yeah. like, all right, okay. 
what the fuck is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I said to her at the time, like the woman who did the ultrasound, I was like, is that like big? Is that it's like is that average size? Or and she's yeah. like, that's pretty. It's pretty big. And you do go into this. I mean, obviously, you're just lying there with like no pants on or anything. This woman's just shoved this thing up, up inside you, which highly dignified. isn't isn't. Um, it's, I'm not even bothered about the dignity. It's just the comfort. I don't understand why things aren't made to be a bit more ergonomic. But anyway, that's a sign. Ergonomic. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I came out of that like, oh god, here we go. Like, this is this is happening. And then my doctors referred me to for blood tests um, for things like ovarian cancer, um, and that must have been like pretty scary as well it was really scary and i didn't really speak to anyone about it because i didn't really want to kind of acknowledge that it was happening i just wanted to crack on get on with it and just get the answers um in the space of about i want to say four weeks um everything kind of like went really quickly but the blood test result came back that i needed to go in to saint mary's the gynecology the gynecology um unit at the hospital in Manchester um had an appointment with the um one of the gynecologists there they said that they checked my bloods and everything and I'd already googled this obviously as you do Dr Google um to check the highest level of like this certain there's this ovarian cancer marker which is CA125 for the blood tests and uh, and I knew it was like thirty seven or something, like it was thirty something. That was like that, that was your marker. Oh, no, that was like that the was highest. like the, yeah, yeah, the highest it could be. Um, unless like like there was you know something that something you know that they needed to investigate further. Andrew came in with me, and I was <laughs> sat there, and the woman was like, "Oh, well, have you got your bloods back? Um, and uh, your blood result." Uh, for CA125 was 1,000. And I don't know what the last three digits oh, were because I just heard 1,000 and, and yeah. started to spiral. Andrew was like, oh, God, here, here we go. And <laughs> I was just like, oh, my God. So she did like a... But you would you would be like that, right, if you knew if you knew what the count was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, they did all like, the checks and everything. She investigated my cervix... <laughs> And did they say? Did they ever say why it was so high? Like, well, this is the thing. So it was like the few different things, and she said this there and there and the there and then in the appointment. Like, it could be because of um, your cycle, which, like you were saying last uh, yeah. time, it's right, okay. really important to make sure that when you're getting these tests done, there's some level of um, consistency. Con- yeah, because obviously we work we work in pretty much like four weekly cycles of our yeah. bodies, so. Your body's doing something different. Yeah, your hormones change all the time. Hormone levels yeah. change all the time, don't they? Um, it could be, obviously, ovarian cancer. It could be things like endometriosis. And so then they referred me to have um, an MRI. Um, so that was like a two-week wait, which was obviously fine. Um, had the MRI done. And it was weird because it was only in the MRI, like when I was in the tube, that I actually realised what was going on. And, you know, you just all, all of a sudden, I just started crying. I was just lying there like, oh, my God, like, this is this is wild. But I had that done. I was actually gone on the motorbike that day. And I didn't I didn't look into what the MRI is. Uh, just to, yeah, yeah. Andrew, uh, Leah's partner, has a motorbike. It's not that 
She just randomly ended up on air. No, I don't. I don't. It. There's no way. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, wish that on anybody on the roads. Don't worry, people. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, I didn't look into what it's about or anything because I just and I was like the same way with surgery as well because I just thought absolutely no way. Um, apparently, it's got something like it's the gravitational pull. It's really fascinating when you actually look into it. Mm. So it scans your body by using the gra- like a gravitational pull. And I think it's like four to four times the Earth's weight um, wow. to create this imaging. And they put this dye inside you so they can basically see what's going on by moving everything around in your body. I'm really I'm making like if as anyone anyone who is like a health professional, I apologise because I have absolutely trivialised that explanation of what <laughs> MRI is. And I'm totally aware of it, but I am not a doctor and I don't claim to be. Anyway, I came out of this thing and I was just like, I felt like I'd been on a roller coaster. I was my head it was spinning. I was stuck really? outside with the like all the gear on and everything, ready to get on the bike. I'm just like you ready to get on yet? I went, oh, yeah, I was going to give me a minute, babe. Like, I feel I feel like I'm going to be sick. Anyway, oh my goodness. Put, put my big girl pants on and got on and we were fine. It was fine. But the MRI results came back and it proved that. And it was so many different psychological things to this, right? Because um, it's like when you had to ring up for your results, you had to ring up the oncology department, which is obviously the cancer department. And I refused to press the number for oncology because I felt like it was me accepting that it was cancer. Yeah. So I was going through all the different routes and everything. And it's like, oh, no, you need to like do this. You need to do that. Anyway, I was like, right, it's to bite the bullet, press the bloody oncology button. Fine, I'll do it. And then I got through to someone pretty much straight away, which kind of just shows like just sometimes you've got to just let your stubbornness subside. And they said, oh, uh, it's not cancer. Um, it's oh. ovarian cysts and you're being referred to the endometriosis um, clinic because it showed that you've got endometriosis, which I was like, right, okay. So were you like, right, brilliant, I'm, I'm getting some answers, I'm getting somewhere now. And did you did you feel like af- after that, what what was the process like after that? Was it was it pretty much you got answers straight away or...? Uh, yeah, kind of. So obviously I got that... I went for my ultrasounds in the February. I had my MRI in the March, and then I had my follow up with the surgeon in the like when I first had the first phone call with the surgeon in May. So that I feel like for like five months, you know, from noticing the lump mm-hmm. to you know having all that done, I was actually really quite impressed with that. To be honest, yeah. Um, Probably what everyone says. It's pretty about. pretty quick turnover time, really, because yeah. you've got factor in the fact that they have got to do these various different blood tests on you and yeah yeah so it was like so so that was that so once I got the answer for that that was great but then it was like my brain kind of had to catch up with itself and because I hadn't really processed the fact that it could have been something quite serious I then started to kind of have these really like bizarre feelings and like panic attacks. Um, I know yeah. I like I had one when I was like yours with you and John. Yeah, and it was like the one of the weirdest situations ever. But I think there was just so much. There was so much like to kind of go through, and it kind of really made me realize that I need to talk about things because I've just never ever spoken about things before. Mm. Um, so which is ironic now because obviously doing a podcast, <laughs> broadcasting my entire life. Well, both of us are like that though. But now, now you can't shut us up. Unlucky. Yeah, exactly. But. Yeah, so it it was it was much better once I kind of had a diagnosis, and then I had 
the call with the surgeon who explained that the endometriosis was like super glue. He said it's basically all over my pelvis. The MRI confirmed that. Um, I had ovarian cysts, uh, one on each side. Um, and he said that he could understand why I'd be in so much pain. He said, oh, we should be, should, should be able to get you a day in, I think he'd be having his, um, multidisciplinary team meeting, like, you know, like all together to work out a surgery date. And what's, uh, what's that? Just, is that like the team of surgeons? Yeah, is it? yeah, yeah. It's people coming together and just getting second opinions on things. They had to check that I didn't need to have part of my bowel shaved off and all these different things. And yeah, like all the things he told me, it was like disgusting. He's like, we've got to, we'll have to shave you. What did he say? Something like peeling your cervix away from your rectum. Oh, Was that stuck what? together? And you know me, I am so squeamish. And I was literally, literally listening to this phone call. Like, I can't explain how much I wish I was a child and how much I wish that... You didn't understand what these things yeah, were, yeah. Yeah, and I just <laughs> wish, like, oh, can you speak to my mum instead? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just put me to sleep and do what you need to do. Yeah. I don't need to know, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I was supposed to kind of hear back in August about what was going on, but then obviously there was loads of... Loads of but right at that point... So this was August last year, wasn't it? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but at this point in May, I hadn't really been experiencing that much pain. It was after that phone call that everything just absolutely ramped right up. And then, yeah, it just all went tits up, didn't it? Yeah, mate, it did. Um, what challenges did you have to face? Um, I think the biggest, well, the, as you know, the biggest challenge was trying to get a surgery date. Um, yeah, I felt like they, they, I don't want to say mess you around, but you were messed around. I felt like... You were you one minute you were like right booked in from surgery and then surgery been put back to this and then mm. I mean how many times was your surgery actually moved? Uh, Did you count how many? Three, three different times. Three different times. Yeah, but they were like they weren't like oh it's from this week to well, next week. It technically, was like, technically four, technically yeah, four, four times. times. Yeah, because they were supposed to have the surgery last year, and it was kind of pitched to me. By the by, the consultant. and this is still NHS at this point as yeah, well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it's still NHS. Um, I'd caught up with my surgeon. My surgeon was like, "Ideally, we want to get get you seen um, this side of the year." So, so, and that was in May. So I was thinking, "All right, okay." So within the next few months, kind of thing. Um, and then when it was getting closer to the end of the year, I was like, "Oh, surely it's going to be soon. Surely it's going to be soon." But um, I speak. I spoke to a surgeon, tried to get hold of him um, for regular updates and everything. It was, and that was start of this year, wasn't it? That was um, like between August and right. um, August and November of last year. Right, right. Yeah. So I was trying to get hold of him, and then he ended up going AWOL. Um, people couldn't get couldn't get hold of him, and he ended up having like a family situation himself which kind of put everything back which it's it's life that happens but you know when you're just waiting for something and you're so desperate yeah i'd speak to him and i'd be on the phone to him and i remember once him calling me i was in the sofa and i'd had like a really bad flare up um and i just burst into tears and i was just like i i, I don't know what to do like, like i'm literally i'm self-employed um i'm trying to do I'm, I can't cope with this it's it's really difficult and he said to me oh wait I'm doing emergency surgery at um Woodland Shore Hospital why don't you come in 
and I'll try and get you seen, I'll try and get you operated on. So I went in, this was in October. Um, yeah, I remember that was the same time my dad was in, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So they admitted me and I had to, he'd obviously told me to come in and then all this, all the doctors were like trying to stop me from going in at, at the, you know, in Withenshaw. I called, we can just send you off with more like stronger painkillers. We, we'll no. send, send you off with all these opioids. I was like, absolutely not. You need to, yeah. And there was this one guy and I, 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 I do... I do kind of feel a bit bad now thinking back to it because I was I just burst into tears and was like, "You have no idea how painful this is." I nearly said like, "No ovaries, no opinion," but I, <laughs> thought I stopped myself. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> well, within your rights. I, I was I was like, "No, I need to see." You. I was like, "Can you please go and get my surgeon?" Like, and obviously, like Nick's named him. I was like, "Can you please go get him? I need to speak to him." And then he must have gone and spoken to him, and then they admitted me um, and kept me in. Uh, and waited and waited um, on the first night, on the first day, um, that it wasn't likely. And then the next day, they were like, "Right, you should be, you should be seen today. Um, if you're not seen by, if you're not seen by two o'clock or something, then it's not like no go." Because he was leaving to mm. go and do some like, like, like different appointments or whatever. Anyway, so it's getting to quarter to two the next day. I'm thinking. I'm psyching myself up like this isn't happening. We're gonna have to plan B. What we're doing, you know, I need to realign, redesign, get back on track, and everything. Next minute, he comes in. My surgeon's like, right, going down in fifteen minutes. It's like Jesus, right? Okay, here right, we go. Here we go. And then the next, then you're having to psych yourself up for right. I'm about to get operated on, and this was to mainly remove the cysts. And that's like in itself. That's I bet that was a bloody whirlwind of emotions in itself. 100%, like, yeah, 100%. It just went, it literally went from zero to one. Yeah, I, I mean, I, yeah. The, the thought of being put to sleep I, or anything like that, I'm always, it always makes me feel a bit weird. A bit yeah, funny. it is weird, mm. it is weird. Um, and especially with, like, family experiences with stuff. Yeah. I, it, it was, I was having to really, you know, sort my head out with it. But they, um so I was sorting myself out, thinking, right, okay, let's go, right, let's get this sorted. And this was just to take the assists out because that was, like, the thing that was causing the most pain. Right. Um, the endometriosis, at the time, I could kind of manage and it wasn't as painful. But, I mean, if you've got, a what, a nine-centimetre lump... Yeah. ...essentially growing inside, it's not going to be comfortable, that, is it? And did you know as well, like, the kind of... The, the size of your... Well, the average size of a uterus is, like, nine centimetres. What? So you basically have... I've basically had, you know, that, my ovaries, these cysts, and all this stuff, like, sticking it all together. So it was a proper mess, like, a proper, proper mess. Mate, I I can't even imagine how fucking painful that was I don't even know really how I was walking around, because sometimes I was actually going for runs. I was going to the gym. Oh, well, I was going to say, I remember you coming to the gym. Yeah, and I'm just like, how... How... You are much more... But that, surely that... I mean, every, every cyst is, has got the potential to rupture, hasn't it? Well, yeah, and we'll come on to that. Right. <laughs> well, and so, yeah, so we, 15 minutes going down for surgery, da 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 Then literally, this woman, this woman comes in to wheel, wheel me out. Like, right, we're going down in, 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 like, in, in a minute. I was like, right, okay, here we go. Then my surgeon comes in. It's not happening. I was like, what? I'm really sorry, it's like surgery's not happening. Um, why? And like you say, 
you just go in, like, I don't, like, you just go into the state where you, you forget to ask all these questions and everything. Yeah. And you're trying really hard to think. And I had things written down in front of me. And even though I had things written down, I was still couldn't say anything. Yeah. And I was like, oh, right, okay. Um, oh, that, he said something about, you know, that I was his patient. He wanted to operate on me and someone else would have had to operate on me if I would have stayed. And I did at the time think, well, I'd rather that because he's seen my scans, you know, he's he's aware of my case and everything he's been mm-hmm. speaking to me, so that makes more sense. Um, so went home, was like, right, okay, let's carry on waiting, carry on waiting. And then in December, I spoke to my surgeon again after trying to get hold of him because he'd gone AWOL on this time. And during that time, I'd contacted the endometriosis nurse who was really helpful. Yeah. Um. And I'd had like an anti-malarian hormone test like you had to test my fertility. So trying to kind of, you know, keep on top of that in case there was any other avenues that I needed to go down. And I was going to ask, like, did they, was there any mention about any uh, implications for your fertility with yeah. these cysts? Yeah. And what were, the, what were the implications? Well, it's more with the endometriosis because with the endometriosis, it does just cause um, low fertility because uh, you, the scarring that the lesions cause... Because once the, the the pain is basically the blood in the different parts of the body breaking down and it's got nowhere to go, right? And then it leaves scars around, like on on your bones, on your tissues, on your organs, and everything. So if you've got scar tissue there, yeah, eggs and stuff can't implant because it's it's a hard surface. Bloody hell! Yeah. So what did they what did they say about your? I mean, I know we we've, we've both said that we're quite fortunate where we're not in a place where we're de- desperate for kids, but have they said what your so it was, lo- it was it was low. I'd have right. they'd say I'd, I'd had I'd have I'd struggled conceiving naturally, right? Um, which wasn't massively surprising. I've always kind of had that feeling anyway. I'm not like I've never been gagging to have children. Yeah, um, they are a blessing. At the end of the day, you know, children don't get asked to be brought into the world, and there's plenty of kids out there who need you know loving homes and everything. Yeah, so not, absolutely. You know. And the thing, the reasons why I think to myself, like, why I'd like a child aren't really valid enough to actually have a child. Like, <laughs> oh, I just, oh, I, I just know these would reasons see now. a mini, like, just, just have, like, have a mini me and Andrew would be hilarious, but also it would be a terror. So there's no, like, no, there's no, don't need to bring a, a 50-50 of us. In yeah, I always world. used to think, oh, I'd, I'd quite like a, a baby just to, like, dress them up in, like, cute little outfits, but then it's like, that's yeah, not really... you got to deal with everything else. That's not really an excuse to have a child, Exactly, though, is it? no, exactly. So, you could just get a Barbie if you want to do that. Yeah, if you really yeah. want to. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably not, because I'm 34, oh, but... Oh, Christmas is coming, hon! <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it was really, really low, which was, like, okay, like, move on sex. But the thing that kind of upset me the most in that time like when you say talk about challenges was that they suggested to me about having a whilst I was waiting they thought like the best thing to kind of subsidize the pain because the pain was getting really bad I was waking up most nights standard at like between 2 and 4 a.m riding around on the floor taking painkillers it's getting Mm -hmm. to the point where the painkillers weren't working um, and they told me on this call that the best option for me to, was to go on a chemical-induced menopause. Oh, right. And, well, that's interesting. And why why does that alleviate the the pains, the painful symptoms? Uh, is it just... It's to do with your hormones. It's to do with your hormone levels. So it kind of tricks your body into not producing as much estrogen, um, I think. But do you know what? Like, 
it was it probably yeah probably would be the kind of yeah it I, I couldn't I, I genuinely I got off that call and I just burst into tears because I just thought to myself you're basically saying to me we could do with finding out what how that works actually because I'd like obviously I take I take estrogen to up mm. my um so I guess like at my scenario it's it's the opposite to that there bringing your estrogen levels down mm. which would then bring on symptoms of menopause but when they said that did they even did they tell you about the symptoms that you could face um no through menopause no, no they just told me about why it would be so good and i just remember thinking like is this what that's my bad. life is that what my life is worth like i've either got to be in pain or going through the menopause and that's not me like slating people no, who are no, going no. through menopause but it's just like but you should be armed with all the facts well it's not just that it's a case of why why are those my only options why yeah. are those my only options? When why? Why can you not just give me the surgery that yeah. I need? Yeah. And then at the time, I, like my my um, I could tell that there was something going on in my body because things were getting worse. The left side was getting it was in agony a lot of the time, and I went for a second ultrasound. I, dem- I demanded it, and they gave it me. And the doctor who kind of went through the results was really supportive and put a letter of complaint through to the to the surgery. And, and this is where my like. You know, you've got to be really pushy with these things. And if you think that something isn't happening, isn't right in your body, you've got to listen to your body as much as you can. Yeah. And I went that went there and they showed me that one of the sisters doubled in size. So one of them was like, a, I think it was 11, cent, 11 centimetres, I think it was. Wow. And the other, was, the other was six. And it was just like, this is getting ridiculous. And so I'm, I'm going back to you, I'm showing you that these sisters have got bigger. I'm showing you that I'm at the top of this list. But still nothing, still nothing. The new year came. Oh, my, 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 so sorry. I'm proper, like, going all over the place. If you can, but it's hard, like, when, when, you, when you're telling your experiences, especially if it's been something that you've been going through for a long time, it is hard to timeline things that happen to you because you yeah. do kind of get, you do kind of get lost in that horrible blur of what the hell is ha- happening to me. Yeah, totally. There's so many different things that happen. There's so many twists and turns to each scenario as well. Like yeah. it's, it's hard to piece it together. Definitely. But in de- in December, my, my surgeon left. I had my last call with him and he said to me that I was best going private and that the NHS is failing. And, and that's that. your surgeon telling you that? Yeah, yeah. You heard um, it here first, guys. <laughs> yeah, he was he was leaving. He, I, I actually said to him, are you leaving? Because of the way he was talking. He was like, oh, we're going to be passed on to a new person. He's like, yeah, I am. And I just thought, what is going on? But then to be honest, whilst that was kind of, it was a little bit hard to hear, I felt a lot of relief because... I felt like the situation was back in my control mm-hmm. because it was. I'm not waiting around for all these people. I'm not chasing these people. And and when you think about when you when you're talking about these scenarios where you're ringing up, we all yeah. know what it's like. You're not just ringing up and speaking to someone. Straight no, away. you put through. You're on a waiting. You're, yeah. in, you're in a queue, and then if you've wait, been on the phone for like 20 minutes on hold, they cut you off. So yeah. then you've got to re-ring, and I'm like, I'm trying to stay really. Flipping calm right now. All whilst you... trying to run your own life yeah, at the same time. Yeah, trying to trying to be a radio superstar, trying to <laughs> be self-employed, trying to do this, trying to do that, trying to maintain a healthy relationship not only with myself but with my trying partner. to drink your two liters of water a day. Oh yeah, yeah like yeah, right, yeah, yeah, give over. Um, and so we ended up like looking into private, um, just to kind of get a, get a taste of what was going on, what was out there, and everything. And I eventually ended up finding, so from a counsellor actually, she um, advised me on a surgeon, um, Mr Pickersgill, 
who hopefully will be getting on the show soon. Um, because she'd had some cysts, some fibroids actually, and she referred me to me. She said it was really great, like one of the like one of the best. Um, so got in contact, trying to got like get prices gauge what's going on, and I ended up having like a um a provisional uh date of like the seventeenth of the seventeenth of January, and I rang the NHS up and said, look, I just want I'm 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 looking into going private because I've been waiting so long. I had my, you, you told me it was going to be like around August. You've now told me that it's going to be, you know, March, April. When when can you do, when when can I wait for the search? Like, are you going to contact me with a date? I don't want to give someone my money. And, and then that, you turn around Just talking and say, about the money, like if you're happy disclosing, how much was you, how much was the surgery? What you were looking at to pay? What had they quoted you? Seven grand. And the majority of that was your hospital stay, right? It wasn't the actual surgery itself. Yeah, the hospital fees were way more. They were way more than what the actual um, surgeon cost and like the anaesthetist fee and everything. They were like pretty average. I think, I think, I think, I think yeah, it was definitely the hospital fee that was the most, mm. definitely. Um, and obviously the longer that you leave things, the more like the prices go up yeah. and everything and they're in high demand. Um, so so you, you'd obviously you'd you'd phone the NHS and you said, listen, like I'm I'm literally about to part with a, well, a very big chunk of money, yeah. which you well within your rights to, you know, it's your health. I mean, you you can't really put a price on your health, can you? But you're basically at a moment of desperation, saying to them, like, can you guarantee me this surgery date or not? I said to them, like, look, can you guarantee me that you're not going to give me a phone call in a few weeks saying, yeah, we've got a, we've got a date for you in in a couple of days. She said, no, I'm looking at your, I'm looking at how many weeks you've waited um, and you're not looking like you're going to be seen till July. So like, right, okay, great, right, thanks for confirming that for me. I'm going to get on the phone and book this person. So I've made all these plans and everything to speak to the, um, speak to the private receptionist on the Friday and then uh, she was going to call me. On Friday, my phone rang and it was St Mary's Hospital at the NHS. Mm. So we answered and was like, hello. <laughs> I said, oh, hi. Um, Is this the BBC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hi, spoke, we spoke yesterday. Um, we've, had a bit, we've had a few conversations with the, with the surgeon and everything and we're really happy we could be able to offer you a date. I was like, right. And I didn't even ask stupidly. Well, not stupid. I was just in, in such shock. I was like, oh, my God. Like, right. I felt like I'd been touched by an angel. I was in complete disbelief. Anyway, the NHS surgery is going to be February. They could offer me the February date, the 10th of February. So I was like, right, okay, amazing. Like, I can I can wait till then, no problem. I can save myself seven grand. Um, got, like, two weeks before the surgery. I'd had my pre-op done. So I've gone in and I've, waited, I've, I've, I've used time and resources of the NHS. I've done my pre-op. Uh, I'm ready to go. I'm confirmed, like, she's good. She's done like, no issues. And I had a phone call. We can offer you an earlier date of the third. How does that sound? I was like, yeah, I can do that. No problem. Like, get me in. Um, so the day before came. I'd not really been thinking about it because you know what it's like. You're just mm. waiting for something to go wrong. And the morning of the day before, it was like 7 a.m. I had a phone call. And you know I'm not a morning person. Like, I am not a morning person at all. My phone rang and I thought like 
I thought I'd got the day wrong at first. I thought, because yeah. you're supposed to be at the hospital at 7am. And she's come, hi, I was calling from the gynecology ward and I'm really sorry, but um, we're going to have to cancel your surgery. No. And I just said, oh, no, I'm not having this. I'm <laughs> not having this at all. I said, why? And oh, you know, there's just been, like, there's lots of delays and da, 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 da. She couldn't really give me an answer and she, I don't really believe that she knew why, to be quite honest. I said, well, when am I going to get surgery? And I oh, was not, we're looking at, we're looking at, um, we're looking at July. And I was like, July? I was just like, we're in July are now. You <laughs> kidding me? Like, are you... I imagine if you, imagine waiting till like now. No, there's not a chance. There's not a chance. I can't explain to you how much pain I was in. Um, but yeah, like, I was like, no, absolutely not. So then I had to re ring the receptionist for that private get a surgery and my surgeon who who eventually operated on me is in such a high demand she said right the only date I can offer you now is early March so I was like just yeah, yeah just take it, it. But just, but then it was annoying because then if the NHS hadn't right whilst I was grateful for the fact that they rang me if they hadn't rang me yeah you would have had, had the that. surgery yeah. in January you would have had it done, done. sorted but that's it's just the way it, the cards were supposed to yeah it's, unfortunately and, it's just as you said before it's just a well-energy surgeon said it's just the unfortunate state of the NHS at the minute, isn't it? Which I know we're going to be speaking to a couple of people yeah. uh, who work within the, in the within the NHS to kind of shed a light on what that's like. Yeah. So, obviously now we're on the other side of surgery. Yeah. How has your day-to-day changed? Like, you know, has how has this changed? Has it changed your relationships? Would you, would you say it's massive? Now that we're on the other side of it and you've, you've had your cyst removed... Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, when I think about this time last year, yeah, I was a proper nervous wreck. Like, I've got I'd just the constant like, kind of not knowing, not knowing what's causing the pain, not knowing if you're going to have a flare up, thinking like you can't commit to things in case you're going to be rolling around on the floor in the middle of the night trying to get rid of the pain. Yeah. You know, all that stuff now. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Like out of after surgery, I've only, I've only woken up once um, mm. with a little bit of a pain. But I'm, I'm very, very confident that that's to do with stress. Yeah. Um, and I think it's where my body has saved like, response right pain responses in my body. Like when. Well, like, and I guess it's a, it's a kind of trauma, isn't it? Like yeah, they say yeah, that about yeah. like. Um, like amputees, don't they? They say they get like, 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 yeah, fun- yeah, 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 like yeah. people have like well, yeah, legs that, and arms that amputated. Makes total, that makes total sense. But they yeah. still get like phantom pains from where where they were. So you it could even be yeah, right. You don't know, do you? But no, I mean, I, I feel like my day to day is completely different. Like I've actually got a structure. Um, I'm sleeping. Um, I'm looking after myself. I've started like back running again. Um, and in terms of my my, my relationships, so they've just gone. From strength to strength, you know, I've been in a really fortunate position to borrow money off my partner, um, and my my family members have lent me money, which is you know amazing, amazing, and I feel very, very you know grateful to be in that position. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, just like as soon as I woke up from surgery, I just felt completely different. And it wasn't to do with the drugs. <laughs> it was genuinely like my, I felt like so much lighter. My body didn't feel, you know, packed in and everything. And yeah, I do feel like genuinely more happier in myself, in my mind. And that really tested me. And that was really like, 
even though it's 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 sad that you've had to pay that kind of money to you know you have your family help you pay all that money to to get that mm. when you think you know that should just be something that you've got access to through the NHS anyway but yeah. as we said before can can you really put a price on on any of that knowing how you felt prior so where would you say uh, in in all of this like this crazy journey where where you gain the most support would you say um i mean definitely like my partner you know andrew's just been amazing um because like even it sounds so so daft but when i'd wake up in pain i'd usually go downstairs and, and go onto the sofa but yeah when you like on your own it being on your own in pain makes you you already you already feel isolated because you're in pain but being on your own like and rolling around and everything it's just like it's just horrible like it's yeah. really like it's really really not and not being able to kind of explain it to people or anything and we got to the point where i said just lie on the bottom of the about the bottom of the bed like like michael scott when he sleeps on the bottom <laughs> of the bed um so we got to so and just little things like he and he really like really looked after me and you know he's been a massive support in in so many different ways um, and obviously my friends like yourself and you know, shout out to the new look girls. Um and loads of people to be fair, you know, everyone everyone's been I've never really I've not really encountered anyone who who hasn't been like that. I'm obviously my family, um I think it's you know, it's brought me and my mum together like so much more. I think it's yeah. one of those things where you kind of realise that these things are happening and it's it's, it's like I it's a sisterhood, isn't it, really? Like Yeah, definitely. Um that was the word I'm looking for, like the travelling pants. <laughs> what the pants you put on your head? <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other story in itself, which we won't go into. Uh, well, so let's rewind a little bit. So, how long has it been since you've been diagnosed, and what do you wish you knew before you were diagnosed? So, what do you wish you did know before you were diagnosed? So, it's been. It's been just over a year, a year and two months since I was diagnosed. So realistically, like when you look, when you read other people's stories about about this and having endometriosis, I feel like I've had a bit of a plain sailing. And I know that sounds daft because I've been talking about how I've been in so much pain. But the reason why I say that is because you, there's people out there who have been experiencing these things for years and years and years and have just literally have got no idea what it why yeah. or, or what's going on so i do feel in an advantageous position for that but i think what i wish i would have known for sure would be i wish i would have known like the link between di- your digestion and your endometriosis especially the link between your digestive system and your periods for starters you know the reason why and to be a bit tmi you poo a lot when you're on your period normally or you can go into into like constipation it's because of the hormones and the massive surge of progesterone which makes your uh, uterus shed the blood from yeah, like, don't the talk to me about progesterone <laughs> <laughs> but then that's that that's the thing that um that can then obviously trigger things mm. in your bowels and everything and, and impact it uh i wish i because then also i thought for years and years that i had ibs so and now it kind of comes into play that oh it wasn't ibs it's to do with your periods and endometriosis um i wish i knew the impacts of stress to be honest mm. because you don't realize like and i've only really recently re- realized you know from things that have happened in my life over the years 
I am a really anxious person and when you're stressed you release cortisol which is a stress hormone correct yeah which produces uh more estrogen I think or it converts into I can't remember I can't remember but it's basically it's not good for your body um probably it probably interferes with your estrogen production doesn't it mm, yeah and I just wish I knew that the I wish I knew the actual implications of the pill. Now, I'm not stand, I'm not sitting here and saying that it, the pills cause this, but one thing I will say is the fact that the pill m- masked this for me personally, yeah. I think. And, you know, I might have known earlier what was going on if I hadn't have been taking it. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of these things just mask it. And like I said, you know, I came, I came off the pill in 2018 and then all these things started to happen. It's been slow and steady but it has it has impacted definitely and yeah i think there needs to be uh there needs to be a bit more of realization and also something that i wish i would have known is how long these waiting lists actually are because yeah. people talk about oh the waiting list is really long well how long is really long yeah like what are you what, actually what we, like what we're we measuring really long yeah yeah and what's being done about it because it's all well and good saying the waiting list is really long but realistically what is going on and and there's a massive difference between what the consultant will tell you and what the booking team can see. So the booking team told me that consultants will give really unrealistic estimations of people. Um, and, they, and then the booking team have got to deal with people saying, oh, well, I spoke to my consultant. And people assume that because it's the consultant, they know more. And Yeah, it's really like a lost in, lost in translation yeah, somewhere, isn't Yeah, yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's, there needs to be a lot more transparency because ultimately, you know... <laughs> Would if someone would have said to me, "Oh, your surgery won't be until next July," would I be okay with that? Mm, I'd still be annoyed about it, and I'd probably look into private still. But I, 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 as long as the the options there, then for me, but also as well, like your you trust has been a bit diminished because you've already had mm. this surgery date put back. How would yeah. you have known? Well, I'm going to wait till July, and then it gets put back again. You you not you not to know that. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, so what? I wish I would have known. <laughs> What advice would you have for someone experiencing something similar? Because obviously the whole point of us doing this and sharing our experiences is you just touched on before you said that you feel like you've had a pretty plain sailing with it in comparison to other people. And I think it's just because we're quite quite open about talking about our health to Mm -hmm. each other and to the people that are around us, luckily. Mm. But there'll be so many people that have suffered in silence and probably just haven't known what to look out for, what the various symptoms are. I know we talked about this on the last episode with what I was going through. I felt like, I almost felt like, ang- well, no, I do feel angry that mm. why, if this is something that happens so commonly in women, endometriosis is something that happens in one in 10 women. Mm. Why do I know nothing about it? Why did you know not know anything about it? Why were we not taught about these symptoms? So what would you, what advice would you have for somebody experiencing something similar to you in terms of, both in terms of symptoms or if they think that they, there's a possibility they could have endometriosis? I think like, one of the biggest things is, there's a, there's a few things that, I, that I'd say. The number one is trust your gut. Right? Your gut tells you a lot about what you what you already know, but what you think you need to um, uh, investigate. Focus on you um, and how you're feeling. because and, and when I say that, I mean... Look for things that you notice about yourself. Like maybe you think might think that you've got an intolerance to something, or maybe you, I'm not. Like yeah, you know, I'm not obviously asking people to be like, oh, maybe you're not. Maybe you're not celiac. Like I'm obviously not saying that, 
but you know i think get in tune with your body like like look at the like the rhythms that it's taking what do you notice about your body especially yeah. when you know you're on your period what do you know like what are the and things that's that and you... that's so true because there, there are a lot of things that I that I thought was going on with me was was something completely different, mm, mm. and I know I've spoken to a lot of women who felt the same. Like they, some women have felt like that they were. I think um, one of my friends she thought she had fibromyalgia, or she actually got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, and it wasn't that actually. Yeah. It was just the fact that her hormones were just all over the fucking place. No. Um, I'd also say the internet is a minefield, so I wouldn't. I really would try and not necessarily stay away from it but just take everything that you read with a pinch of salt and know that some things you might think that are really good for you might not be like i i went you know i read loads of things about how dairy isn't good for you i completely cut dairy out started drinking oat milk the pain got worse i stopped drinking oat milk and then the pain got less like less less bad and i was, I was back drinking dairy again so you've got to work things out for yourself unfortunately but i said be persistent as well you know, if you if you're not getting the answers from your doctor, keep banging that door down and oh, yeah. and go in there fully informed and say what you want. Um, sometimes they, they can get a bit it can get a bit lost in translation. And sometimes you know what it's like with people. People might not actually understand what what it is that you want. Go in there and know I want an ultrasound because I'm having this. I need to be referred because I'm having I'm having that. Mm. You know, you've got to be so persistent with yourself and do not take no for an answer because it's your health, it's your body. Absolutely. And also you just you don't deserve to be in pain with kind of blinkered into thinking that oh periods are just painful. Periods should not be so painful that you are writhing around on the pe- on the floor or being that you're sick. throwing up, yeah. that you like, you know, experiencing horrific blood loss. Like, it's not actually normal to be losing so much blood no. in your period. Um, and I'd just say also talk uh, you know, talk to your friends about it. You might not feel comfortable, but honestly, you know, once you start sharing information, and you might be able to kind of understand more about your body and what's right. But you've got to really advocate for yourself and know that you're 100% worth it. Yeah. And just to just to rewind a little bit, is there is there anywhere where you did find like reliable sources of information that people that you would recommend that people go to, like when when finding out about endometriosis or ovarian cysts? Like, was there anything that you any articles or anything like that, or I don't know, yeah, or so websites? There was en- there's endometriosis dot org, uh, which have got a good amount of information on there. I'll be honest, I asked their forum a few questions. Um, about private surgery i wanted to kind of see if they knew what like the average price was and they couldn't tell me things like that and that's not me saying they weren't helpful but i was a bit i didn't get the answers i was looking for but i was asking quite a precise question so i acknowledged that but they have got quite a lot of things on there which are helpful mm-hmm. they've got different like webinars and stuff which are good for people and they've you know they've got a good uh following and everything but i th- I think the one, the big one for me was Pearl Wellness. Um, that's spelled P-E-R-L, and it's not just for endometriosis. It's for like a plethora of um, women's health issues, things like yeah, they're brilliant. Um, Pearl actually, yeah, like adenomyosis and endometriosis and loads of different things. Um, we'll get all of these uh, links um hooked up to the podcast as well for 100%. anyone who wants to have a nosy for themselves. Hundred percent, and also just people who have kind of got in touch with me who are experiencing the same thing and mm. just knowing that you know you don't have to explain yourself because i can't i can't 
describe to you how bizarre it is to be saying to someone, the pain is here, but you can't see it. And it wasn't until after my surgery, and I'd been saying to Andrew on my left side, like, it's right here, I can feel it's right here. And after my surgery, all the area was bruised. And he said, like, oh, my God, like that's where you were talking about. And I burst into tears because it was just such a validate, like such a validating thing to happen. Mm. Like, yes, like that's exactly, like, where it was. I was trying to explain, like, you know, trying to explain to people for so long. But, yeah, and they've definitely been, like, the biggest, you know, helplines for sure. Brilliant. Well, Leah, thank you for revisiting that I mean that revisiting that journey can't have been easy because I know obviously I've, I've I've been through it with parts parts of it with you and I know how much it's impacted you but I know that by you sharing that today someone listening to this is hopefully gonna take some comfort in that um take some really sound advice from that as well um but I think that's that's pretty much it to wrap up this episode is there anything you'd like to Finish on. I think I'd just like to say thank you to anyone who has made it to the end of me rambling on for literally an hour. I had to say to Siobhan, you're going to have to rein me in this podcast. And I did I did try, but I thought, well, she's off. I've let go of the Marines. Do you know what? And I think like this is the thing like with things like this. And I get so passionate talking about this because I can just, I can't explain. I can't, I can't understand how there's so many people have like going through this but they don't know why it happens mm. and the only like real thing is like, oh well, if you have surgery it should get rid of it but it might not be like there's still a one in chance one in ten chance that it could come back and everything yeah. so i just say to people just make sure you're talking like get those feelings out you know if you need to just go into a room and scream go for a run and just absolutely like put killing in the name of you know, and absolutely just <laughs> what a song. get in your car, turn the music right up, and if you just need to just get it all out, just do it. And, yeah, if you need to get in touch with anyone tonight, feel free to get in touch with me. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for listening, and thank you for asking me those questions. You are so welcome. And if anyone does have any questions about any of the topics that we talked about, about endometriosis, about ovarian cysts, please don't hesitate to get in touch. And we absolutely love it when you all messages with the, those lovely little yeah. messages of support and saying thank you for talking about this. So please do keep those coming in as well. And we shall see you next month for our next instalment of Don't Tell Me I'm Overreacting. And on that note, next episode, we're going to be answering your questions. Yes, so we'd absolutely love to hear anything that you've got to ask for us um which we'll hopefully be able to answer as you know we are not health professionals but we will do our best to help in any way shape or form and any way that we can so yeah get in touch with us you can get in touch over on our instagram page at don't tell me i'm ovary o-v-a-r-y acting and yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And that next episode, we will get stuck into your questions. Big love, people, and enjoy the rest of your day. So I... So I... What happened?